MoneyWeb now on the money. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Standing now with uh, Nuina Fissa, director at ETFSA. Nuina, appreciate the early morning partial delistings of ETFs. We see them. I'm looking, for example, the Satrix Resi one. There's obviously it happens on many. All these sense announcements saying partial delisting. Every time it happens, uh, I, I, there's a sort of flurry of folks saying, oh, they're canceling my ETF. What is the story with the partial delisting? And I suspect we might have to go back to how we create the, the, the ETF units. <laughs> Good morning, Simon. Good morning to all the listeners. Yes, I think very important to remember that ETFs are first and foremost also a collective investment schemes, so mm. unit trusts in plural terms. And these are open-ended funds, which means that they can increase in size and they can decrease in size. So when you see a notice of a partial delisting, it really just means that some units have been cancelled and they've sold the underlying assets, um, you know, to make up for the for the partial delisting to pay out the investment. But more often than partial delistings, we actually see new listing of units. I mean, to the tune of during 2023 on the JSE, we saw 10 billion rand of net new assets being created within the exchange traded product um, universe on the JSE. So, so yes, nothing to be concerned about when we see a SENS announcement about a partial delisting. It's evidence of a very well-functioning market. Very important, having a cl- an open-ended fund means that the ETF trades at its net asset value. Mm-hmm. If you had a closed fund, you would have a situation where there's, there might be excess demand for units, in which case they start trading at a premium. Or there might be excess supply, you know, um, and then they start trading at a discount. So the fact that they are able to create and redeem on the fly is what makes them trade at their nest asset value. And it means that you, the investor, are always buying those ETF units at their fair value, at the true value of the underlying. So a great evidence of a well-functioning market. I, I take your point on that. It, it, it does mean, and, and, and that ability to buy at net asset value is, is hugely important. It means I don't overpay. And of course, the, the net asset value is easy to determine because there's an underlying basket of shares. We can debate the value of the shares, but they have a price, and that's what then flows into the ETF price. Exactly, exactly. So your basket of shares, always the fair value in the sense is really just the value of the shares in the underlying basket. So yes, you and I can debate whether that is, um, you know, mm-hmm. too expensive or not expensive enough. But the point being that that reflects what the current market value is of those underlying shares or assets within the basket. And that is the fair value that the market attributes to it at any point in time. And in essence, that partial delisting is just saying that in the in the immediate term, there's the there's, there's less investor appetite for, and again, I'm looking at the Resi one. I could have picked any one of 100 ETFs. Um, and right now, there's just, you know, uh, uh, investors are saying, nah, don't want me so much Resi anymore, selling back to the the, the market maker. Um, and, and it's a short-term less interest. But that, it, it's almost, I want to say, it almost doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. And and yes, you're quite right. Over time, one could look at these trends in terms of net, um, you know, sort of increases in shares and issue versus net decreases. And it does give you some um, sort of indication in terms of where the appetite for the market is. So as you say, you sort of chose the resi now. Mm. And I don't think it, it, it takes, um, you know, sort of rocket science to sort of appreciate that at the moment with commodity prices where they are, with the mining industry where it finds itself, that there's just not as much demand for the 
these types of investments at the moment. But you turn your attention to maybe the high tech, the fangs, the AI, mm-hmm. um, you know, these sort of ones, and you'll see net increases in shares and issue because that's where the demand is. So it is an interesting exercise over time to monitor these. But I would also caution reading too much into that because, um, you know, to sort of yeah, assume yeah. that just because something um, it's been some partial delisting that there's some negative sort of perspective on that, not necessarily. You don't always know why existing investors are selling out and what they're buying in the place of it. Yeah, or where they bought. I mean, it might just be somebody in, I don't know, Potchestroom who's got a big weekend planned and needs some cash flow. <laughs> a quick last point. Sorry? Yes. No, I was just going to say, exactly at this time of year, we often find that people are doing trading for a tax hearing ah, purposes, for example, mm-hmm. wanting to make you know contributions to their retirement annuities or to their tax-free investment accounts or whatever the case might be. So don't presume that what you see in terms of market activity means what you think it means. They might be. It's much like when, when um, you know, management sells shares in the company. That's not always a yeah. reflection of them being negative on the on the outlook for the company, but rather them just sort of doing some risk management, perhaps in their own personal shape portfolio. Hundred percent, and you and you make the point then. Of course, it's February, which means we are what uh, we ten days because there's an extra day this year from the the, the tax year end <laughs> for individuals. And, and you yeah. said before in the show that if you if you haven't maxed out your tax free or your Reg Twenty Eight uh, 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 limit so far, if you've got some discretionary ETFs, it might be worth selling those to put them into the 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 the, the, the tax free limit. Thirty six thousand for tax free, and what's it? Uh, Three hundred and fifty or two. 2,000 or 27 and a half percent. Absolutely, Simon. You're so right. You know, often people sort of think about these things about what, but what if the market is currently at a high or at mm. a low or whatever it might be. <laughs> but if you are moving from an existing investment that is just in a discretionary or a voluntary investment account where you don't have any tax benefits, moving money from that type of investment to your tax-free or to your retirement annuity that does offer some some tax benefits, this is just great doing it because it really doesn't matter at what level the market finds itself you are moving from one investment to another investment in whatever the prevailing market conditions are, but you're doing so into a more tax-efficient vehicle. Of course, you should be doing this in terms of your tax-free right at the start of the tax year. So if you haven't done it yet for the current tax year ending on the 29th of Feb, please do so. But then remember, as soon as one March rolls around, you can do your next tax year's contribution. And we usually recommend do your tax-free investment contributions as early as possible in tax year so that you enjoy four quarters or 12 months worth of tax-free interest, tax-free dividends, tax-free capital growth. You can wait to do your retirement contributions later in the year because it doesn't matter when you do it, you get exactly the same tax benefit. Um, so just you know, sort of a, a timing maybe consideration for people in terms of thinking about how to best optimize their tax um, sort of opportunities in investments. Gotcha. We'll leave it there. Nirina Fissett, Director, ETFSA. Appreciate the early morning. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.